listeners, and welcome to another episode of this particular album. It's very, very important to me. I'm Joel Spence. And I'm Deborah Tarika. This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them, and here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And emotional connections. Great and also not so great. And we all get to listen to it through their ears. How's it going? Oh, you're, you're <laughs> so good at this now, these yeah. pleasantries. Mm-hmm. It's going very well. Okay. How are you, Joel? I'm doing very well. Thank you, fellow robot. Um, so we are... Uh, <laughs> what is this week's segment, Deb? Oh my goodness! And it's not pleasantries. No, the the segment is not pleasantries. The segment is this particular song is very very important to me. Um, our long running segment. It's our long running, our longest running segment that we have, <laughs> where we each pick a song that is very very important to us, whether it's just musically like awesome or relates to a great or horrible time in our lives. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't picked too many horrible times yet, but I will. No, 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 they're, You'll, they're there. You'll get it. They, oh, they exist. <laughs> Mine uh, is uh, Beth Orton. Central Reservation is the song. This came out in two- 99, I think, but I started listening to it in 2002 because it was on this compilation of, like, from Q Magazine or where they just had a CD. And this song was on there. Run down a central reservation Last night's red dress This is like my best way to learn about new music is to yeah. buy these magazines that had a CD of stuff that I they were... I used to do that. I, I can't remember. Maybe like Paste when it was a magazine yes, used to this do might that. Have been a paste, the Paste Sampler yeah. kind of yeah. thing, which are so like... I, I like love hated them. Yeah. And I would I would it's the kind of thing where I would have like stacks of like CDs oh, and yeah. stuff like that. So where I'm like I'm gonna listen to They're these, but first let me of... go back and listen to the album that I love. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was when I first moved to LA, and this was like a huge new chapter in my life. A friend of mine, there, there was a couple. They had a house in Hollywood, um, kind of near Melrose, and they had a. It was a tiny house that they were renting, and behind it, they had a little carriage ha- guest house that I just uh, took over, and it was sort of like a studio apartment. And the carpet was like leopard print. I don't know why cool. it was Super that. Cool. Um, but it was right around. What is the? Is it Fairfax High that's on mm-hmm. Melrose and Fairfax? Yeah. Um, That's where my parents went to high school. Oh, is that right? Fun fact. So I was two blocks from that, Mm -hmm. and I would go and run on that track. Mm. And this song was on the playlist, or it was also on... Nothing gets you more pumped up than a song like this. (laughs) Sweating as we listen to it. Is that guy running? Or is he just sort of... (laughs) Weeping weeping and shuffling. shuffling. (laughs) Um, But it also was on my playlist when I was driving all around the city, auditioning for like student films and stuff. So this... This was, and I don't know what this song is about. I just think it's really pretty. Her yeah. voice is great, and um, I, it was also a, a new me pushing forward musically, just trying to embrace new uh, artists. Did you ever seek out any more Beth Orton? I got her album. Uh, I think it was after this, which was uh, Daybreaker, two thousand two. So that was the year that it that that uh, I moved to L.A. The song came out two years before this, but it just happened to be, and it was this plus it. Like I was listening to uh, "Morning Becomes Eclectic" mm, for the first yeah. time, and and uh, Nick Harcourt was oh, the yeah, host, yeah. and I think he interviewed her on that. Uh, on she was a guest, and everything was sort of connecting to me with her, and, That's and cool. yeah. I'm stepping through brilliant shades, all the color were you here, because I grew up in L.A., so there was, a, like, on 101.9 and then 103.1. You may have been here in the 103.1 era where it was, like, they did, it was just, like, cool new music, and it wasn't normal radio play stuff, but the, uh, it was, like, yeah. Indie 103 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's gone now. Yeah. Obviously. Of so Comedy Bang Bang started. Is that really? Right? I think so. Comedy, That's cool. It was, like, Comedy Death Ray Radio. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, crazy. Okay. Okay. Oh, I like that. Good good fact to know. Um, I have a lot of mixtapes off of those kind of things that are like yeah. similar to this. Again, that I'm like, I'll listen to these and then maybe listen to a couple songs. There was Great. another song. This was the year before. I think I heard her voice first. This is crazy. She just kept on popping up in all these other uh, compilations. Um, I think she worked with William Orbit. Is that how you pronounce 
I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> she was sort of a guest vocalist on a lot of um, sort of Chemical Brothers yeah. type uh, musical artists that were also DJs. Um, and so she was, she was like, I think she was hopping around that scene, just providing her interesting voice over a lot of those tracks, and then That's got her cool. contract. Because she's like the singer-songwriter type, so yeah. like she yeah. needs to like pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> I always like that, though, hearing where like people kind of pop up, or like, because mm-hmm. I think about our UCB world, and like people like down the road won't know that like the three of us sat in a room together and did mm-hmm. this, because no one will listen to this. Or maybe they will. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but like oh. the our weird like, is it like an Algonquin roundtable kind of thing where it's yeah. like this this group where you when you find out like like John Hamm and Paul Rudd were roommates yeah, or what right. I forget if it's them but like those random yeah. like kind of things where you're gonna slowly find out of like they were on a Herald team together like those yeah. weird <laughs> like a hundred years from now on UCB Sunset there's gonna be a sepia photo of all of us like, <laughs> with the cameras pulling back <laughs> while that song plays <laughs> alright Deb what song is very okay. very important to you as so I my song that's very very important to me is and this is I picked this very specifically because our guest it was from one of his albums um, from what I can look at you and say your albums now um, from one of the <laughs> albums that we didn't pick for this mm-hmm. um, but um I picked uh, The Wolves, Act 1 and 2, from Bon Iver's album. Um, oh, yeah. For Emma Forever <laughs> yeah. Ago. And um, I really, really like this album um, in general. I think the whole album is really good. Um, but my connection with this whole album and with Bon Iver is on, uh, in September 2009, I was very very lucky and I got to go to a right after this album came out um, they did a sunrise concert at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery Um, so uh, and it was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced we got to the cemetery with um, Alex and I and a bunch of our friends got to the cemetery with sleeping bags and blankets and stuff like that got there around midnight they were screening Bottle Rocket and then Planet Earth and oh, like you, I, like, I didn't oh, do this intentionally to make you jealous but it is like I knew I would do this song at some point so it felt like a nice thing to like talk about yeah. here um, we kind of drifted off to sleep at some point everyone or people stayed awake but I think we probably like snoozed a little bit and got woken up it, it the fog was so thick so it was like September it was obviously like probably like 4 or 5 a.m. the fog was so thick um, monks were playing or, or were chanting but you couldn't hear where you couldn't see where they were the sound was like bouncing off the different mausoleums so you it was like waking up in this fog in like this insane moment and then he starts playing or they start playing when he first starts playing um, and the concert it was unreal because everyone was just like sleepy and like like it was just the most like I'm serial so like, right it was were you in LA That's so at this cool. point I was no I was an I was like a kid in That's like what I Texas. figured, yeah. yeah. It was like, I, a lot of these things, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I was, was a right grown woman. Here, no. <laughs> I was um, sleeping. I probably woke up at 7 a.m. and like, I don't have anything to do. Yeah. <laughs> it was so spectacular, and he's playing as the sun's coming up, and then this was the last song that he played of the set, and like, at, there's a part in it where it's, everyone's kind of, I cannot sing, and I'm, I might try it right now, but everyone's going like, what might have been lost? I hate that. That's the part that gets me um, crying every yep, time. Yeah, it's so much. And then everyone, uh, I, my memory of it is, is everyone singing along. There's like videos of it, you can't really hear that, so I don't know if it's like a false memory or not, but it was so powerful. And mm. even thinking about it, it was just like one of the coolest experiences. Imagine this in the cemetery, all of these things happening at once with these people that you love around you. Like, it was just this, like, it was one of those experiences that's not surrounded by a nat- uh, natural disaster. Yeah. I feel like these things come out of, like, horrific things a lot yeah. of the time. And this was just, like, an isolated event of, like, people just being around each other and not going, like, fuck you, man. It's, it was just, like, everyone, like, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, anytime someone's like, hey, can you recommend a Bon Iver song? This is my go-to song. Is it? Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. Cool. Uh, uh, this song, like, kind of, like, really fucked me up one time. When Have you guys ever seen A Place Beyond the Pines? 
that sounds, movie. Oh, uh, that I really wanted to see that. It oh, came out a few years ago. Gotta right? watch that movie. Okay. Yeah. Watch. It's a really like underrated movie. I think it was marketed very poorly. Yeah. It's like Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper, Eva Mendes. It's really good. I remember. Uh, yeah. It's like a book. It's like reading a book. Okay. Movie. Yeah. And but this song out of nowhere just comes in on the credits and like it's such an emotional movie that when this song comes you're just like yeah. crying your eyes um, out. Now I have to see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm being reminded of a few things with this conversation about um, I know uh, Life Aquatic by Wes Anderson is not like that. a lot of people who love Wes Anderson don't kind of put that movie in a different category. Those people are stupid. But, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, but I love that movie so much yeah. and I know a lot of people love that movie too. But the use of cigarettes at the end, uh, oh, yeah. emotionally, like I didn't expect it, uh, and I was already had a, an emotional connection to that song anyway, and it was right at the moment that yeah. it needed to happen. Yeah, uh, and it was unexpectedly moving, like extreme. Yeah. It went from zero to ten, and I was already enjoying <laughs> that movie. You know, yeah. Those are the music. I mean, that's why we're doing this. The, uh, <laughs> the yeah the. Uh, the other memory that I don't actually have, but I heard it, I was there, I think, a week later, but in the aftermath of Michael Jackson dying, um, I knew some people that went to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery to watch one movie, and I don't remember what that movie was, but the next day, all they could talk about was, uh, and this was days after Michael Jackson had died, so it wasn't like the morning before, or that day, but the DJ put on Thriller, and every everybody... It was like unexpected or like no one was kind of prepared to kind of have a Michael Jackson moment at this uh, cemetery uh, screening. But a thriller came on, you know, that big Donna and everybody got up and uh, started dancing. Oh, uh, that sounds so cool. And I, I was like, it. I wish I, I could have been there. And what a like to it, say, please, the music is too loud. <laughs> yes. My ears movie. hurt. <laughs> We're here to watch. Please. Psycho. <laughs> um here it goes. Edgar Montplazier. Perfect. Um, I'm embarrassed. I've known him for uh, over two years. Two yeah, years? Roughly. Yeah. You were one of my early teachers. Yeah. Um, sounds, you just, it sounded like you just said you're embarrassed to know Edgar. It's very fair. Very fair. What a, what a, a cross to bear to, to know this guy. Um, no, I'm just embarrassed because I've never said his last name out loud before. Uh, Edgar is a writer, director, performer based in Los Angeles. He is from Texas and performs at UCB Theater in L.A. Edgar, welcome. Thank you for having me. Very yeah. excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Yeah, man. You. I was very excited when we got that email. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, I get to talk about albums. Yeah. <laughs> was it hard to pick? Not at all. Okay. okay <laughs> I had that list us. ready. I was yeah, like, yep. I love it. What'd you pick? I picked uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Uh, good album. This is our first good. big album. Like, like. Yeah, I think of all the albums that we've had so far, this is the yeah. one. This is like yeah, this, this was a blockbuster of an album, and like it. I mean, it was insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great opening. You might think yeah, very weird opening. Um, I kind of love it. The watered down one, the one you. He pulls the weirdest things from people. Like this isn't yeah. like when you think of Nicki Minaj, you don't think of her like putting on some like weird, weird British accent, accent yeah. doing like a fairy tale narration. But yeah. then when she get towards the end, I'm like, oh yeah, there she is. Yeah, yeah, she's like. <laughs> Can we get much higher? So, high. so I was like a sophomore in college, and Kanye's always been my shit. Uh, he was the first album I ever had. Uh, the college dropout was a girl in a middle school where if you gave her a dollar, she would make whatever album like you wanted. Like she'd burn a disc for you. Cool. So like oh, wow. I asked for the college dropout. That was the first album I ever like asked for. And like I would just listen to it every day on my radio. It's such and, a good album. Oh, that's fantastic. my that that might be my favorite one. Okay. Of his. I mean very fair. Very that's fair. My, like God, that's a, it's good a very album. good album. Yeah. So sophomore college where uh Napa Valley uh, uh, What's, is, it's called Napa Valley College, or uh, it was a Pacific Union College. It was a Christian school. Oh no, kidding! Up okay. in like a town that looked over St. Helena. I don't know if you guys know the historic St. Helena. It's like a small 
wine town. Yeah, okay. Say, is it a vineyard? <laughs> uh, essentially, it might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> is it, you, so you grew up in Texas and then did you choose to move to Napa Valley? Yeah, so I actually was born and raised in New York City. Okay. And then when I was 14 years old, my parents moved to McAllen, Texas out of nowhere. McAllen. That's crazy. Yeah, which is like the border of Mexico. Right. Like, more south than San Antonio. Yeah. Which like people don't even know is possible. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so traumatic. It was traumatic. On, on so many levels. Like, that's it, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to like being like going to an all black school to being like the only black kid at my like my school besides my brother and my cousin and um yeah it was just really weird but like throughout my life there was always a kanye west album to like kind of like describe what was like and then uh uh so right before this album was 808s and heartbreak which is like kanye's super sad album his mom had just died he'd gotten out of an engagement so like it was just like this really depressing album and I remember just listening to that all the time. But then, like, I don't know. When I was in college, I kind of wanted to be, like, cool and, like, bigger. So I started listening to a lot more Drake. Because, like, Drake was, like, right. just coming up at that time. Yeah. Like, he had dropped Forever, which was, like, a track that, like, everyone was playing. And he had, like, a collab album with Lil Wayne. And, like, that felt cool. And Kanye didn't feel cool anymore for some reason. Like, Maybe he was, like, too saturated. Like, oversaturated. Yeah, and he, like, went really poppy. Um, uh, his studio album before uh, uh, 808s and Heartbreak was called Graduation. And, like, that was, like, the album where he's just, like, I'm targeting white people on this album. Like, okay. he has features from, like, Chris Martin and John Mayer. Right, and, like, right, right. he's just, like, this is who just I'm like, going for. like, that's too white for me. That's, like, too yeah. much. It's too <laughs> much. Yeah. But he wanted to make a pop album because he wanted to go on a big, massive tour. Like, yeah. that was his goal. So then, like, after 808s and Heartbreak, Kanye, like, kind of, like, started becoming the Kanye that we know now. Like, with a social outburst and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now I think his mom dying really fucked him up. So uh, he kind of like exiled himself and yeah. like went and to that, Hawaii. His mom dying was like kind of connected, not to his fame, but since like he had the, what did he pay for the plastic he surgery? He paid for the plastic surgery. So I feel like there was like, must have been so much guilt with like his success tied in. With yeah, absolutely. Something. Like she would have never been able to like have access Crazy. to that Hollywood doctor yeah. without like, you know, right. his success. So yeah, I think like he just felt a lot of really jaded and stuff like that. Yeah. So this he was... went to Hawaii and like recorded this album and like yeah, it's just like this album to me is a perfect mix of all of his albums. Like yeah. it has a little bit of all of it, like mm-hmm. the really like sassy Kanye from College Dropout and like the symphonies from Late Registration, mm-hmm. and yeah. it does have a lot of pop stuff in it too, like Graduation. Yeah. But it's definitely super sad. Like yeah. it awaits in heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you were. You you might have felt that at that time, like uh, Kanye's next album, I'm probably not going to be into as much as Drake. Or yeah, like I was just like Kanye's over. Like I was 100 on that train. Like I think a lot of people thought that, right? Because there really was like a descent there. Yeah, he just started getting crazy and weird. And like Taylor Swift, uh, the Taylor Swift thing had happened right before then, the year before that. And I just remember like having just a hard time being a Kanye stan. Like, that's what mm. we, like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. just, like, defending him and just being like, all right, like, this is, like, yeah, like, this guy's, it's probably a rap for him. But my friend Alejandro, my best friend Alejandro, still best friends with him, go, like, hang out with him every week. Uh, I was staying at his place because it kind of came out over Thanksgiving break. Right before the album dropped, how he kind of peaked it was he did this thing called Good Fridays where he would just release, a, like, a random track every Friday. And these tracks were bangers like they were fucking great tracks. oh yeah okay uh so like it just built like a hype for it so to then like get ahead really... of the internet right or like to get ahead of people stealing his yeah. music right yeah. yeah so um that's like kind of like what got me back like i was like all right man this album's gonna be fucking great like i was so stoked for it based off inner city tantrums based off the way we was branded facing jerome get more time than brandon and at the airport they took all through my bag and tell me that it's random but we stay winning this week has been a bad do you remember the first one that you heard the first one i heard was called good friday okay which didn't make it to the album yeah but it's such a great great track um and then like monster was one of them uh so appalled was one of them so there were tracks in the album but it's just like made everyone super hyped for this yeah. album and then yeah when he dropped it <clears throat> i was in oxnard staying at my friend alejandro's place because he went to college down there and he was like he like woke up and was like kind of dropped his album i'm gonna go to best buy and buy it <laughs> so he biked to best buy bought it and then i took his bike and biked to best buy and bought my own one and we were like, <laughs> 
playing it at the same time like on both of our like that's things amazing like, this is so fucking great like do you still do that with albums because I, f- I find it harder now like because things slowly like roll mm-hmm. out and like it's much harder to just like sit and listen to an album in its entirety right when it comes out I still 100% do? do that yeah that like that Friday morning or that Wednesday morning I yeah. sit there oh, and that's I listen to the cool. whole thing I keep trying to like the National has a new album coming out and I have really good memories of like the, um, a couple albums ago just like lying on my living room floor putting it on listening to it from start to finish but I feel like it's so much harder to do that now but I've already like told myself that this is going to happen with their new album where I'm like I'm going the second it fully comes out I will sit down and listen to it yeah. like I there's something about lying on my floor yeah. listening to it like where you're just fully immersed in the mm-hmm. music yeah. but I miss that kind of because I feel like it's it feels different than it, when it used to be like a yeah. CD or a tape yeah. that you go buy and like where it's digitally I don't know there's something different there's about so, it. it's definitely different with the rollout and like like they can like add and change stuff to it now and stuff like that which yeah. is really weird which Kanye like kind of did with Life of Pablo where he kept like taking out tracks and putting tracks doesn't in. surprise so, me yeah but, it makes yeah. it it makes it different but oh something really interesting that he did do for this album was this album did leak like Kanye one of the reasons why he recorded in Hawaii and like had like a no cell phone rule when they were recording it is because he didn't want it to leak at all but uh, uh, it did end up leaking so one of the things that he did was he went back delayed I think he delayed the release of the album and added stuff to every song really? yeah so like to be like fuck you if you have the leak it's not as cool you as the album the official wow. one. Yeah. that's so interesting yeah so there's a couple of tracks in here that are extended oh. like Runaways like oh. nine minutes it's long. a really long song yeah, yeah. Like and, I, it, did he just add more of the ding? Yeah, and then he added himself <laughs> like the uh, <laughs> it was longer in the like beginning. The it's a very long <laughs> intro. This was like a high point. This the was this a single too? Right? This is one hundred. Yeah, yeah. One, this is like the single that everyone played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the, in every commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the uh, the end. Um, yeah, I think is an emotional high point for me I don't know it really gets me mm-hmm. that it's it's the saddest part of this album to me he's just alone it feels like he's just by himself just trying to make himself happy in that yeah. moment. and I, it, it really it, yeah. I don't know I don't know what the truth is I don't know really a lot of like uh, what he's trying with to say with the song but I just I last night I was just sitting on the couch and mesmerized by that lying whole, on the floor yeah well that's what I was like I because I don't do that I don't like uh, as much as I'd like to in a new album it's it's you know like you're saying it's in the car I'm driving somewhere yeah. I'm trying to absorb it yeah. but there's this this podcast is now forcing me to do this again which I love is even it. I get very focused on this. I don't know why. This need this should be the last song on the album. I don't understand why it's not the last song on the album. It feels so last song to yeah, me, yeah. especially how it like just ends with the slow like just piano key, piano key, piano. Yeah. Key. I, I, it's so crazy to me. I mean, I get it. It's his vision it has nothing to do with me, but I don't know. It just feels so like conclusive. Yeah, it does feel like it ties everything up in yeah. like a really nice bow. It hits all the themes and stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, uh, well. Not to yeah. say the other songs shouldn't be on there, but just it, yeah, it feels like the song. Yeah, I need a, like wrap a, it up. like two minutes after the song to kind of before yeah. the next one comes. To kind yeah, of, yeah. Uh, did you guys like see when he premiered it at the VMAs? Uh, I was reading about. I, I, mean, did I, did I see not. it. <laughs> um, it was very weird because he just comes out and he has like his MPC machine, which is like the sampler that he uses, yeah. and he just starts doing like that ding. Yeah. And like people are just like laughing, being like, "This guy's fucking trash." Like, <laughs> Kanye's so he's lost done. it again. Yeah, because he's just playing it, and then he like drops in everything else, and then like, yeah, everyone's just like, "Fuck!" Like this yeah. is so good. Yeah, he is matter. like a performer. I mean, he yeah. knows yeah. he gets it, and he knows like, I think to a certain degree, I'm sure that the audience would be like, "What the fuck?" And yeah. then into it. And I don't know I'm a man. Where was your mindset sophomore in, in college? Like, what can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, I think I was depressed, but I didn't know the language for it at all. Uh, and that didn't happen until like much, much later. I was kind of feeling lost, like in the terms of like, I was in a new city, I didn't know anyone, which is something that I wanted. Like, yeah. I didn't really have an easy time in high school fitting in and stuff like that. So I kind of like. 
at the time. This is so shitty of me. Like, I'd, like, invented, like, a new persona for myself. Like, I think I everyone kind of does that in a way when they start, or I, when I started college, I was like, no one knows me. Yeah. I, I'm going to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to not yeah. be shy. I'm going to be, hi, I'm exactly. Deborah. We're going to be friends. Did not work. <laughs> yeah. I like, oh, sorry. Well, you said you called yourself. I cut you off right I at the. I literally peak of had a name. Uh, oh yeah, it was Edgar Van Aces, <laughs> and like, <laughs> I walked around and thought I was like hot shit. Like especially like listening to Drake and like all that braggadocio rap. Like I was like, yeah. I'm the fucking coolest. Yeah. And then yeah. like I feel like this album kind of like slapped me in the face because it was Kanye talking about how overrated all of that stuff was. Uh, yeah. And like I think that that's what really resonated with me when I was like, dang, this shitty personality they have is like isolating me from everyone else like this character that I'm holding up that no one else likes or enjoys but I do it because I'm so insecure about myself yeah. yeah like I don't know a song like Runaway just like I would really use it to like beat myself up over the like you know the aces was an acronym it was very it's <laughs> also about Edgar Van Aces. Asshole, asshole, cocky, egocentric superstar. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. All right. <laughs> and like, I would write it on like school paper. Like, I would like. <laughs> My friends from college still like make fun of me and send me screenshots every time I text them, being like, "This is still your name in my phone." <laughs> this is, that's amazing. Did anybody call you out on it? Well, people were just like, where's that last name from? Like, where's that? I'll be like, uh, it's not really my last name. Don't it's like question a, it. It's a persona. Just take it. <laughs> don't ask funny. me any questions. Yeah. I don't want to answer any of these questions about this. So guy. does that? So does that acronym kind of encapsulate like who who you were trying to be? Yeah, like I wanted to like I felt like in high school I was kind of a pushover, especially with like girls. Like I. And this is a very problematic term, but like I would like often describe myself as an emotional tampon. <laughs> I, I mean, it may, I get it. <laughs> well, like I like I felt like I was like friends with a lot of girls that I had crushes on, but they would just talk to me about like uh, yeah. the the men that like yeah. you know are boys that were like abusing them, and I was like on that whole like girls are like nice guys kind yeah. of train and stuff like that. So yep. I was like, here's the problem: I'm not a bad guy, and that's why girls don't like me. So the solution I'm is, alone. yeah. <laughs> I gotta be a bad guy. Yeah. Like, I tried so hard to get people not to like me because I thought it would make them like me. Yeah. Girls did, like, start talking to me, but then, like, you know, after, like, two dates or whatever, they'd be like, this guy's not this person yeah. at all. Like he's the most sensitive, like emotional kid. Like he's not yeah. this this superstar he thinks. He I is. feel like that kind of stuff pays off. Like that that not pays off, but pays off later. Mm-hmm. Like where when you're a grown up and you're like, oh, I actually prefer somebody who's kind to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely dated my share of assholes and people who were very shitty. And yeah. like it took a very long time for me to go like, oh, what if what if I dated somebody who was nice yeah okay cool (laughs) and then it worked so like it's a weird and it's uh it's fucked up yeah so did this album was this on repeat for months? Yeah. yeah. Months. I, I think, like, this album was an album that I kept on listening to and didn't stop listening to until Watch the Throne came out. Like, and that was maybe two years later. But, like, yeah. I was just like, this is all I care about. And, like, anytime I'd be in someone's car, I'd play this album. Like, they'd get sick of it. Like, they'd be like, I'm not trying to listen to Runaway. It's nine minutes long. Like, no, <laughs> let's get high and let's listen to this shit. Um... Yeah, I consumed it. I remember uh, he did it. He did this album at Coachella, 
and yeah. I downloaded the live version of that and yeah. like would put yeah. it on my iPod and listen to that a lot and stuff like that. Um, I read somewhere where somebody was saying it was like one of the best shows of all time. He changed every song. Like he added some. Like that's something I enjoy about Kanye is that he's always improving his songs. They're never finished. Yeah. So like with every song, so like uh, uh with Power, like he added like this really weird guitar riff and stuff oh, like really? that. I was like, it's like what the fuck is this? Sometimes I feel like that could be so destructive though, because that that will put me in my head more and like it makes it's like seeing a Bob Dylan concert where I'm like you don't want me to sing along you don't want me to have any fun here this is for you but like sometimes it works really well too yeah I mean he's definitely a perfectionist 100% Uh, this is starting at power for me this is like the trifecta of power into all the lights into monster is like yeah so insane yeah and so good (laughs) so good there's a line in power though that makes me laugh so hard because I think he's amazing. I think sometimes his lyrics falter a little bit. Oh, yeah. he, and, he, and he's, he's not like, lyrically the strongest. Yeah. <laughs> so like the part where he's like, Austin Powers, Colin Powell. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. I'm like, <laughs> it's like the start of a thought where he's like, keep it in, we'll fix it later. And then never came back to it where it was just like, these kind of rhyme and it has the word power in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. So it's the same thing in like all of the lights, which I like more where they're just like listing kind of lights and I'm yeah. like fuck yeah like list those like lights <laughs> there's this VH1 Storytellers concert that he did where he does the song Amazing and then like he has the piano keep going and he just goes like Michael Jackson amazing <laughs> Michael Jordan amazing OJ Simpson amazing and the audience kind of goes and he's like was he not was he not what he did time. <laughs> starts bringing up a slideshow oh, yeah. like, from this year to this year <laughs> he loves stuff like that yeah. Yeah. repetition's like a big thing for him too like yeah because yeah. like, <laughs> I know that, that he had uh, a, a thousand people on this record yes so Go ahead. Uh, that's something that I want to talk about. Uh, 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 yeah, so many few collaborators on this album. Uh, Q-Tip kind of described it as like making music by committee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I think like that's like a great thing about Kanye is that he loves like he makes it in a group. It's a group effort. Yeah. yeah. But I can also see those moments where he throws up that rhyme about Austin Powers where everyone's like <laughs> I'm gonna go get an orange juice. <laughs> like, Let's talk about another song right now. Like I don't know how to say it. That's weak, or uh, yeah. I, it depends on just like the the spirit. Sounds like I mean, if, they, if they're coming up with something this brilliant and they're using all this, he's using all this talent, then it's definitely the right way to go. But it's there's. I'm sure there were moments where everyone just said, I'm not going to fight that battle right now. Yeah, yeah. No, like, there's no point in arguing with this guy. Like, he really wants to say Austin Powers. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. it's, At least he didn't do it with the, the voice. Yeah. 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 Right, I bet there's right. certain takes where he's like, where he tried it. He, right. didn't, yeah. he knew Pretty it didn't sure. work. With an ego as big as Kanye's, it's fascinating to me I, uh, that he lets people be amazing with him or next to him, but also since he's producing it, he still gets the credit. Like he's still, mm. it's his album still, so he kind of yeah. gets to own that credit too. And simultaneously, he was isolating himself too. Like He was been, in Hawaii. Yeah, which yeah. is... Uh, a departure for him where he normally records, I would imagine. Yeah, he usually recorded, I think, in like the studio in Burbank, right? In LA, yeah, so the he, Hawaii of yeah, <laughs> the Hawaii. Of LA, I was gonna yeah. say the Hawaii of the West, but that doesn't quite work. Um, the Hawaii of America, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, that. Because he was recording in Hawaii, he flew people out That's there. why it was so expensive. It was at right? yeah, $3, $3 million. million. <laughs> <laughs> so 100000 of that was recording. <laughs> two, $2.5 million was for first-class tickets from for wherever all everybody these people. was. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you look at all the lights and just look at that featured list, it's <laughs> yeah. like Elton John and Fergie and like... And it's Honolulu, so, so it's it's... Yeah. Expensive to put everybody. He also had a house, right? He had yeah, he had a house, and then what he did was he recorded all. He took all over all three studios inside that place. So like oh, they had right. three different recording rooms. He took over all so three, crazy. and one was for beats, one was for lyrics, and I forgot what the other one was for. But like he would just jump in between the three of those yeah. rooms. Yeah, uh, movie reference <laughs> for the Austin Powers yeah. section. <laughs> One room devoted only to Austin Powers references. Uh, he also had and, a and uh, Napoleon Dynamite. 
Oh yeah. Because he has that. Gosh, it's cool, right? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, he, he references a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I feel like there's the. But he also had a caterer movies. for hot food and a caterer for cold, cold food. Yeah, that's so <laughs> weird. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't sleep. He would just take quick ninety-minute naps. Yes. <laughs> so insane. Reading about this album, it is like. It still feels like whenever, when like a Herald team's like, let's go to Palm Springs for a week. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, exactly. But it is, uh, I'm sure Kanye would be super excited that I'm equating his music to an improv to team. An improv <laughs> well, That's I think like it, I think like the closest comparison to like comedy is just like when like people work on their specials and stuff like that. And like you do like inviting your friends over and being like, what do you think about this? And like, let's yeah. pitch on this. And like, yeah, you still get all the credit at the yeah. end of the day. But like, I don't know, like that's kind of like, what we all do like when we're writing like it's sketches the dream. and stuff like yeah. that support yeah. each other yeah so like i think i don't know i def i mean Kanye's definitely an egomaniac i can't deny that but i don't think people give him enough credit for like how open he is to collaboration mm-hmm. and like how like he's letting other people in on his songs and like giving letting them like you know he worked with paul mccartney like definitely yeah. was like whatever you want to do man i'm into it like yeah. that takes a lot to yeah have you seen him live before no, it's like my biggest regret in life because it's never going to be what I want it to be. <laughs> but you don't Are you know, purposely but... not going? Well, I don't want to see him live now. It's not. Do you it's... think he could come back like do you, like the same way he came back with this album? Do I think, think it's like Nina Simone where like maybe in like 20 years, but yeah. like oh, right wow. now, I don't think. Like right now, it's just like him with an iPod and like mm, yelling yeah. rants into like a stage and stuff like that. I wish I had seen him live when he was doing this tour. Yeah. And I had a chance and I didn't go. It was like one of my biggest regrets. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was the reason? I decided to hang out with a girl instead. And you decided to hang out and be nice to a girl? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what were you thinking you might do after college? Did you have any idea what you wanted to yeah, do? Yeah, I wanted to make movies. Like, that's kind of, I went to film school. You went to film school. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so the short film that, I don't know if you guys watched it, there's a short film. The Runaway? Runaway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Runaway. Uh, it's a 20-minute long short film that he made along with this movie. Oh, with uh, oh, ballet with dancers yeah. and like, yeah. Uh, where it's like a bird falls from the sky and he tries to integrate that bird into his social life and that bird doesn't really fit. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> Huge metaphor going on with that. Yeah, like, I think like a lot of the album talks about his relationship with Amber Rose. Okay. And I think like that was kind of an awkward fit because Amber Rose was a stripper. Mm-hmm. And not again, not saying that Connie's right for any of these thoughts on yeah. it, but like he kind of felt like and he talks about it a lot on the song Blame Game. I think like, yeah. that song is intense. That song's yeah, intense. intense. <laughs> it's like him spilling out everything about their relationship yeah mm-hmm. and there's a lot there's a lot of stuff in there where I'm like ooh a lo- <laughs> like Blame Game is a good a good title for it yeah you know, like, he kind of cuts like, it pushing that off title. the yeah. yeah pushing off the blame I don't know there's I don't know it's very it was really intense to listen to like all all together in like all of his albums and you know like how women are talked about as always um, yeah it's real it's a mix of like enjoying it and also going oh there women are more <laughs> but you but know. he does lock that pussy in a sarcophagus yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's protecting it yeah. <laughs> he's honoring it i mean he it was kind of him to mention a bruised esophagus is very nice <laughs> in that moment <laughs> What a way to brag! That's the the I can't think of a one where the bigger committee is like, yeah. I don't know. Let's like, go get some cold food. Yeah. <laughs> His braggadocio lines are. I, I don't know. I think they're so great. Yeah. Man. Like I think when he says, "Bitch, I don't need your pussy. I'm on my own dick." It's just like, that's so. <laughs> you're a crazy is. person. <laughs> there are so many lines like that too. Yeah. Where it's like, I'll never get over the pussy in a sarcophagus line because it is no- nonsense. Yeah, it is. I remember when that album came out, a bunch of us sitting around going like, "What does that mean?" I can explain it to you if you want to know Please what it means. Please do. Uh, it's like the idea of like when you have someone on lock. Okay. So, like, what's more locked than a sarcophagus? Right. It's one of the most locked things. Like, Whoa. the person's locked in there. Possession. And now the esophagus line? Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, this is a different kind of podcast now, so if you guys don't want to hear sex, explain to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, this song is, like, 100% about, like, his relationship with Amber Rose, and so is, a. Uh, 
a hell of a life. Yeah. What's about yeah. him having sex with Amarose in a bathroom? He's a very insecure dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder if it is. He seems like the kind of person with celebrity status where it is like you you can't be honest with him like I don't know who in his life could actually be like don't say Austin Powers like that that kind yeah. of thing because he's just so I mean he, he's easy <laughs> like there's yeah. not like yeah. what I think that's why a lot of people don't uh, uh, think his relationship with the Kardashian family is a good thing for him because like they're I think a lot of people have the idea that they're definitely never going to tell him no because whatever he does will create publicity for them. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, I don't agree with that notion. I think that notion's kind of sexist. But, like, uh, uh, I understand the thought behind it. Like, yeah, he's probably just surrounded by a bunch of people being like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Tweet yeah. Bill Cosby Innocent. Yeah. It's just going to get us more ratings on Sunday. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think it's sexist towards women or men? I think it's sexist towards Kim Kardashian okay. to assume that she's what's wrong with him. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have thoughts on their relationship? Is I think there... it's like I honestly think that they genuinely like each other. Yeah. But like it would, no one would ever accept that because of who they are. Totally. But like they make a ton of sense to me as a couple. Yeah. <laughs> They've got kids together. Like yeah. yeah. They're both people who like ex- like need external like praise so much. Yeah. Like that's a uh, on the Myers Briggs. They're both like complete extrovert. Like yeah. they match real. Yeah. Let's play the flame game. I love you. More, let's play the flame game for sure. Things used to be, now they're not. Anything but us is who we are. The skies and ourselves are secret lovers. We've become public enemies. So in film school, did you feel good at that program? Did you feel like you were heading in the right direction? or did I, you- I, I felt, um, I think I've always felt like an underdog. So I didn't feel like, I didn't feel good. I felt like kind of left out uh, because it was a Christian school at the end of the day. Even our film department was removed from that. Like, you know, we were allowed to make movies about whatever we wanted. What they exhibited had to follow the moral standards of our school. So I was making stuff, but my school wasn't exhibiting it, like, because, like, my teachers would be like, this is a very funny video, Edgar, but you talk about dicks and stuff like that, so we're not going to exhibit it. And it wasn't good stuff by any right. It's film right. school. It never is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, made, I made a silent film about a clockmaker that uh, touches the clock and is able to feel what broke it in order to fix it. Yeah. That's the kind of quality that I did in, <laughs> in film school. So I'm, I'm with you. I get and a it. bunch of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so many dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. So it had to be promoting Christianity or just sort of... It had, not, just had to be morally sound. Within the values. So it didn't, you didn't have to be like, Jesus saves everything, but you right. couldn't like show someone drinking or smoking or something. Sure. If it was going to play, like at the end of the year, we rented out the movie theater in St. Helena and just showed all the student cool. movies. And like, uh, yeah, freely. I never ever got one in up until my scene. Well, I was a super senior, so I was in school for five years. Because my freshman year, I was like, I'm just smoking weed every day, guys. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Never went to co- Never went to class. Van Aces. I don't give a fuck about class. <laughs> I'm Ben Aces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would wear sunglasses inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a real big douchebag. <laughs> How long did that last? It lasted up until like maybe like this latter half of uh, uh, sophomore year. I kind of like fell in love with a girl who was the reason I got into improv. But um, uh, and like Amy Poehler, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Amy was just like, "Why do you have this fake personality?" I said, "I don't know." Like, <laughs> yeah. She said, "What about Edgar Moulton's here? That's yeah. your name. Play, play yourself, man. Top yeah. of your intelligence. Play yourself." But this song, this album was also also helping crack that. Yeah, it was uh, just like I started realizing how sad I was, and then like people stopped labeling me as an asshole and just started calling me sad. And like that was just like, no, 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 I'm an asshole. They're like, no, you're just kind of sad, dude. (laughs) Where's what's Edgar's sad aces doing? I think it says something about you though that you're not, you weren't able to like keep up that, which is in Uh, hindsight great. Yeah, because you're as far as I know great guy oh, <laughs> i mean we haven't you, hung out you. that much but like it it 
asshole is not the your, word that would come to mind you your bet when there I think a about bit. you. As far as I know. Well, <laughs> no, I know. There are, um, Joel was telling me earlier. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I mean, everything I've heard means, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's very cool. You had to put that on because that wasn't you. Yeah. Because yeah. some people can still use that persona. Yeah. And, and it. And they keep it. Yeah. Like, it's all <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it was it was just me falling persona. for like the belief that I wasn't good enough yes. and stuff like that. Right. But then like I don't know, Connie's like something that Connie said that's really cool is just like if you're a fan of me, you're a fan of yourself, <laughs> and which is like crazy. But I think like underlying there, he's like saying, "I'm all about like self promotion and all yeah. about like what you are already is good enough. Like right. me being Connie is good enough. Like so much of his career was people telling him he couldn't do." all of the things that he did, right? He was just a producer for Jay-Z, and he's like, hey, Jay-Z, like, let me rap on a couple songs. Jay-Z's like, you're not a rapper. He's like, fine, I'll go make the college dropout. And then Jay-Z's like, okay, cool, you are a yeah. rapper. You definitely can rap. And then he's just like, I want to do graduation. I want to do a a, a, a a tour where there's going to be a spaceship, and I'm flying in the spaceship. Everyone's like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And Glow in the Dark Tour is like one of the greatest tours of all time. Yeah. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, he wanted to get into fashion. People were like, you can't do that. And he did it. So, like, I think like this album was when I started realizing like oh I could just be myself and then like you know people the right people will gravitate towards it. That's right. amazing. That's a amazing to have that moment or to like be able to recognize that moment in yourself because then it then it allows you to start dealing with depression. Then it allows you to start dealing with all the things that are like yeah, actually happening you. so you can yeah. Yeah. Can we listen to Monster? You want to hear that Chris Rock bit again? Yeah, <laughs> we, we just that missed Chris it. That Chris Rock bit is so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How you get your pussy reupholstered? <laughs> yeah. Kanye's like, go, go, keep going. <laughs> Chris Rock's like, okay, you sure? Like, you just put cold food in one the, mouth. The, I don't know who the woman that's in that is just going, like, yeah, Kanye, Yeezy did that. Yeah, Yeezy taught me. Yeah, yeah. You, you make it, Yeezy did that. She's yeah, so okay. bored. <laughs> yeah, Yeezy told me. <laughs> you said I could get my. That's a wash from the source. <laughs> That's a motherfucking wash from the source. Am I gonna so have cold funny. food tonight or hot food? Tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Easy, taught me. <laughs> All right, what song do you want to? I want to go to Monster. Yeah. This With Justin Vernon, baby. Man, Bony Bear. I love their friendship. I think it's so funny. It's such a weird friendship. It's so funny, but this, um, this song is. Nicki Minaj, it, I, I almost feel like he should have should have cut it out because she's it's the best thing on the whole album <laughs> it's the to best me. Verse, yeah. She is so insanely good, yeah, and has not, doesn't even have an album out yet. No, and playing just like, mixtapes. It's so mind blowing how good she is. And it was crazy because like at the time people were just saying that the only reason why she was on was because she like fucked Lil Wayne or she fucked Drake. And then like the I feel like this song was her being like, no, I'm a great rapper. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't have to fuck anyone. I'm I choose to rapper. fuck everyone. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know anything. I don't about know. Her. Well on her song only, she explicitly starts it off being like, I never fucked Drake, I never fucked Wayne, but if I did fuck them, it would be fucking great. And be like, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Right? I mean, like, it's it has to be said, I guess, because like how's how shitty though that she has to rap an amazing verse for people to go like Okay, I so guess she's not <laughs> fucking her way to the top. It's so <laughs> fucked up, but like, dude, she is the the Jekyll and Hyde thing. Like, her yeah. per, I don't know the names of the personalities that she does there. If she had, right, does she have names? I don't know. Oh, Roman. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, she like has this male like it's like this guy named Roman inside of her that she comes out of sometimes. Yeah, it's unreal. Like, I just it, it, every time I listen to it, I have to like stop what I'm doing, especially as it builds up to the end where I'm just like she is a motherfucking monster like yeah. she's so it's crazy and yeah, then her Jay-Z's, first album was very good let me get this straight wait I'm the rookie but my features and my shows ten times your pay the DK for a verse no album out yeah my money's so tall that my barbie's gotta claim it hotter than a middle east and claim it find it 20 my tyrant do he whine it whine it Nikki how does she do it Besides me, I think me, you 
yeah. verse, uh, one of the worst verses of all time. So bad. It's like he went and he was just like, let me just like go off the top of my head. I'm going to free flow and just see what comes out. Yeah, right. You already said Austin Powers. Got it. I won't say Austin Powers. <laughs> <this> one. <laughs> one of my favorite memes from last year was a picture of Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Hillary Clinton hanging out. And it's Hillary Clinton going, oh, Jay-Z, I loved your verse on Monster. And Beyonce's <laughs> like, you don't have to. We're already going to vote for you. <laughs> It's so good. That's amazing. Because, <laughs> like, culturally, we've all accepted that that verse is garbage. It's, really, it's the same thing of just, I'm going to list a bunch of monsters and see what happens. Yeah. Like, the listing, yeah. it, I mean, it's so... What do these things all have in common? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But this, like, I heard these songs before realizing they were all... Like, I heard Power, All the Lights, and Monster. This, yeah, those on, are the three on, singles, Put on mixtapes yeah. for me. Um, or CDs, but I still call them mixtapes. Is that okay? Yeah, that's I do fine. that. I prefer that. Um, Did so Frank like, make some for you? Yeah, these? yeah, he made. They were on Coachella mix. He he yeah. always makes an annual Coachella mix for me. Oh nice. Um, and I think they were. And he leaves you behind those. and he goes to see the concert. By I'm himself. not going to Coachella. <laughs> I hate music. <laughs> Have you been to Coachella? No, I'll never go. It's the, it seems so unpleasant you? to me. Nah, I just went to FYF this year though. Oh yeah, I've been to FYF. Great. I went to Austin. City Limits Festival. Ooh, who played two years ago? Uh, no, it was last fa- last fall. Uh, I went primarily to see Radiohead. Oh, when I'm very jealous. <laughs> um, but and it had been a while since I've been to a festival uh, concert, which I never liked. And I was like, I'm an adult now. I think I can manage it. I don't like him. I still don't like him. It's hard. And particularly in that one, there was when Radiohead was playing. There was. Um, a DJ on the stage a mile away, let's say, and it was competing, uh, and it was driving mm-hmm. us crazy. And I don't like it because, like, it's not a full set from them. Yeah, it's, it's like twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's like I want more. Yeah, but they can't. Like, they would. I'm pretty sure they would love to come out and give an encore, yeah. but they can't. They can't. Yeah, it's a schedule. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know a ton of her stuff, but like, yeah, I, I haven't sought it out. It's my biggest problem with music is when I'm like, I love her. Never bothered to seek her out. She just went really pop. Like, I think she was like yeah. trying to compete with like Katy Perry and all yeah. that. Like, yeah. And producers are will really push you to, <laughs> I assume that's not her choice, but maybe it was. Yeah. Do you not like pop music? No, no, I don't. I hate the radio. Uh... I, I, I'm a I'm a big hipster, uh, <laughs> which is why I was emotionally moved by your story. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? You guys watch Bottle Rocket and then listen to Bon Iver set? <laughs> but you can't convince me to go clubbing like ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather do that. Do you um, do you feel like like just talking about the college stuff and then? I, I always find that when people gravitate towards UCB and it. it becomes their home which I think would you call it your home yeah 100%, 100%. yeah like it, it kind of means you found yourself in yeah. a lot of ways you feel that yeah I think like the me that I am now is probably like what I'm gonna be for the rest of my life which is like a very slow like th- something I also think didn't really work with this whole Edgar Van Aces character was that he was really extroverted and was just like all high energy like up in people's faces and stuff like that man that's exhausting like that's not <laughs> who I am at all <laughs> like Recently, someone called me low energy, and it kind of hurt my feelings for a bit, but it's kind of who I am. Like, I'm a really slow down, like, introspective kind of dude, and... Yeah, I think now I'm realizing that through, like, UCB and stuff like that. I love that. I have my high-energy burst, but I'm like, yeah, let's sit down and talk. That's me at a party. Mm -hmm. I'm not dancing. I'm like, let's sit down and just... Where'd you grow up? Oh, man. Are you... Wait, how, can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm uh, 26 years old. Wait till you're in your 30s. I'm going to be slower. You, no, you are going to... Like, th- that's when all that... I, I don't know. For some... Like, the let's sit down and talk oh. one-on-one at a party. Like, that feels like... What's you... <laughs> maybe I'm just trying to, like... Um, I'm getting up in my 30s, so I'm like... I know things about my 30s, but... Uh, I don't know. They're just, like... That... That age suits that personality yeah. the most I yeah, think where you no really people want to yeah, connect people want to yeah. and so even being in this environment where you get to like sit down with like us where we're like yeah let's just sit down and have a nice long chat about that like it's the best I love it but yeah, yeah people my age want to do coke and dance all night and 
Yeah, I, yeah, it's sort of the like part of the UCB. One of the secret benefits of of being part of the UCB community is finding other people that don't like parties. Yeah, parties. at parties. Yeah. I, I, everyone I talk to, everyone's like, I don't really like parties that much. And then we're all at the same party. Yeah, yeah. We, it's like. It's a, I don't know, ga- yeah. a gathering of people who don't want to be there, so it makes people. you want to be there. I went to a UCB party for the first time in a long time on July 4th, and immediately saw Johnny and Jackie setting up a puzzle, and I made a beeline to that. <laughs> so I, for the first three hours, I helped them make a puzzle. And, and I was then you so also glad. Instagrammed it. I did. And oh yeah. Put, those are the pictures that I yeah. saw of yours from Fourth of July. Was the puzzle progression? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me, man. I, that's one hundred percent me. I but. I walked in. I was like, I'm gonna leave in five minutes. I because I I saw a few people that I know kind of, and um, and I was like, ah. Uh, and everyone was sort of looking at me like, what is he doing? <laughs> and that's me. That's more because you were not invited to that party. <laughs> right. It was, it was because I knew nobody. Uh, and then at the end of the puzzle, I felt I had, uh, okay, I've accomplished something at this party. Yeah. Now I can hang out. <laughs> yeah. I did. I was like. I earned this. I earned yeah. this. I earned social interaction. Uh, I'll go straight for dogs at yeah. parties. Mm, like that's, yeah. that's my cure for. I mean, if if there were puzzles at everybody, that is my relaxation thing. I like to put on a nice audio book. Yeah, yeah. And I like to puzzle. Yeah. It's my thing. Um, but like at parties, like I will, if there is a dog there, that is where you will find me because I love dogs. But yeah. also it, it's like that is my cure for social anxiety is just like focusing on the pet, but still being able to have a conversation conversation but like giving belly scratches and like yeah you just gotta I think I realize what it is it's me I think what makes it t- extra terrifying is that I'm arriving at parties alone now and yeah. that's like uh, the worst yeah compare like if you arrive with somebody you can go at like least a crew or something yeah you can, like seek them out and you have a check-in yes. you have a yeah yeah, yeah. I uh, I pick one person mm-hmm. and I interview them Mm. Do yeah, and like I treat it like a podcast, and then I never talk to that person ever again <laughs> after that. It happens. Do you so abruptly many... leave in the middle of? It? Yeah, I'm just like, oh, my ride's leaving, and I just go. <laughs> oh, that's so. There's funny. so many people who I like. I see them around you. So like, I know intimate details about your life. Yeah, but we're, I'm like, no. We're not hi, do you maybe. purposefully go like I got what I came for, or is it more like it's that? Just like I'm it's just like awkward. a one night stand kind yeah. of thing where it's like. Uh, now if I look you in the eye I've seen your soul yeah that's what one night stands are to me yeah that's where exactly. I see somebody's soul, soul. <laughs> wow those were intense yeah, yeah. Uh, is, are there other songs you want to talk about here I mean this song's very great but for very bad reasons what verse are we on can we go back to the Pusha T verse it's the verse right before this this is a good Jay Z verse he redeemed himself slightly <laughs> I mean, the shit is fucking ridiculous. Five star dishes, different exotic dishes. It was like a song that got released on Good Fridays. When I heard it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Success is what you make it. Take it how it come. A half a million twenties like a billion where I'm from. An arrogant drug dealer, the legend I've become. CNN said I'll be dead by 21. Black Jack, I just pulled an ace as you looking at the king in his face. Everything I dream, motherfuckers, I'm watching it take shape. Watching you, I'm just a young rich nigga that lacks faith. Range road, leather roof, love war, fuck a truth. Still move a bird like I'm in bed with mother goose. Them hoes coming in a baker's dozen. Claiming they was with me when they know they really wasn't. I keep the city's best, never said she was the brightest. So if you had a two, it don't affect me in the slightest. I never met a bitch that didn't need a little guidance, so I dismissed. Her passing till she disappoints your highness. your highness. I used to say those two lines all the time in college really? because, I mean, I, I guess I could get into why. I was dating someone who a friend of mine had dated previously, and people had like thrown a lot of shade, and I would use those two lines as justification of why it didn't matter to me. Like, <laughs> of being like, yeah, like, it, it, unless she disappoints your highness, like, you know, I don't yeah. care about her past. Like, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> I don't know, but it's yeah, a very armor. bad line, very problematic line. But <laughs> I think this track exemplifies to me like uh, what I really enjoy about the album, which is like there's such a variety. Like if you yeah. want to feel like great about yourself, there's like power and this song that is just like pure braggadocio. If you want to cry, there's Runaway and Bling Game. There's a like uh, all the lights and um, 
uh, uh, Lost in the World are great, like, dance tracks. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, there's so much here. Yeah. Did you talk about Kanye on We Genius? The whole... Yeah, I talked about the sad boy. Uh, how he made it cool to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, and, like, cool. made it cool to, like, sing sad songs. Like, yeah. without Kanye, there is no Drake. There is no Kid Cudi. Like, he made that acceptable and cool. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 808s and Heartbreak was just, like... One, he can't sing. Like, let's just all admit that he can't <laughs> yeah. sing. Yeah, he can't. And, and like, in that opening... <laughs> track he, he he does try to and hey, it's, hey. it's like yeah. off and I was I thought that was brilliant I thought that was just like yeah fuck it I'm sure he was like it's purposeful yeah, yeah. if I sang well it wouldn't make as big of a statement yeah yeah do you find that like because you post a lot about depression you talk you you're pretty open about talking about it right mm-hmm. um did was Kanye one of the people like it did that help make you more comfortable yeah 808s was like the first time when like I was like oh I'm I'm an emo boy like you know like that's like (laughs) I used to listen to that album a lot and just be sad and yeah I think Kanye like kind of helped me with that but I would say Bon Iver probably was like more when I was like this is how to do it correctly and also another album made in exile Mm. yeah Yeah, in a cabin in the woods right mm -hmm, he was sick I think and like Rented out this cabin and hung out, yeah. Fucking ridiculous, 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 ridiculous. One hand in the air, a feet don't really care. Two hands in the air, a feet don't really care. It's like that sometimes, I mean ridiculous. It's like that sometimes, it's so ridiculous. One hand in the air, a feet don't really care. I'm so happy that you chose this album, though, because this... Like all the lights is pro- it's I for road trips. Um, uh, anytime that Alex and I take long road trips, we make playlists. So sometimes it's like a um, hundred songs where we'll pick. It's always a hundred songs. We'll pick like one from um, or, or starting it. We started at like 1950 all the way to like. 2000 or something whatever started in 1963 to mm-hmm. whatever the year was um, and we'd pick like two songs from each year and like yeah. go back and forth but one of the years we did our top 100 and every time I can all the lights is on every list I'll do but it's on my it's in my top 10 like it's I love it so much such a great song. and it's like the perfect like right in the middle of this album or maybe it's a little bit towards the beginning but like I don't know it made me so happy when you picked this because it's like it, I like an album where I don't know all the songs fully, but I know enough of them where it's like I feel immersed in the album from the start, mm-hmm. and then I get the familiar ones, and I'm like, okay, I'm still here, I'm with you, yeah. and it's like it just it was felt great. I listened to it like a ton this morning. I woke up at like six this morning and just like put it on a ton, and like, yeah, you just get surprised a lot by some of the songs on here. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I completely Very forgot rich. that yeah. there's a Jill Scott Heron like yes, poem at the end, at yeah. the end of this album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you talked about this a little bit before. What, what do you think your the what is your projection for Kanye? <laughs> like, what is? I think he either like dies. Like, I think that he could possibly his, his die. Mind. Like, this just feels Health. like all the signs of him dying. Or he, like, fades out and then in 20 years comes back and we're just like, wow. I remember, <laughs> I remember the good times. Like, yeah. I remember the good times. But I don't know, man. I'm not really interested in hearing any music from him right now, to be honest. Like, yeah. Life of Pablo, great album. I really enjoyed it. But if it's going to be more of that, I think, like, I've kind of, like, moved on. I think yeah. that Kanye represented that youth part of my life where it's just like, I'm gonna yell how I feel, and I think it's cool to talk about how you feel, but I'm learning that yelling it isn't probably like the best way to do it. Yeah. So. Who, who is it now for you? Oh uh, man, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Bon Iver, James Blake, people who are like introspective, but not at the cost of someone else. Avril mm, Lavigne. I love that. Avril Lavigne, <laughs> big, hey, skater boy's my life. <laughs> I always throw her out there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. she's perfect. So yeah, that's probably Levine. my projection for Kanye is like, I mean, I guess like, he's always going to be a star no matter what he does, but right. I think like, I think people are going to like, get tired of this. And I, I as a Kanye fan, I'm like, I'm tired of it. Yeah. You know, dying your hair blonde, going for Trump. It's just like, you're really pushing us as far as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. 
the clapping (laughs) (laughs) and his album with applause for it with applause like it's a A 201 grad show yeah like he just performed it for like a talent show in middle school um well we're um getting to the end Mm -hmm. so what we like to do at the very end of our episodes is um go around the table or the circle or the microphones however we want to do it um I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, and say what we learned today. If there's something that you learned today, it does not need to be anything like, uh, it, it can be whatever you want. It can be something you learned about yourself, something mm. that you learned about us from the album. Um, I don't know very much about you, Edgar, and I learned a lot about you. I mean, I definitely learned that I would have loved to know you in college briefly. <laughs> yes. And then know you now. There's something that would be very... Um, Awesome. <laughs> About that. I want a, yeah, a little taste of the aces. I think. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, and like when you eventually do your one man show at UCB, I, can, I I will be there because I need to see this guy come out again. Well, um, I learned that in the middle of uh, Napa Valley, there's a tiny little Christian college, mm-hmm. which I didn't know existed. Yeah, there's a. It, it lives in a town called Anglin, and Anglin is like ran by the school. So it's wow. a census dense population rather than an actual city. There's no central government. So the central government is the school. So because so the rules of the school, which is the rules of Adventism, apply to the entire town. Why did so you why did you pick this school or what led My you? parents are Adventists. Oh. So they were like, you can only go to a film school if it's Adventist, and they were kind of saying that in jest. And I was like, Oh, here's this one. Found one. Yeah. <laughs> nice loophole. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, what'd you learn, Edgar? Uh, I learned, well, one, I learned that I should have been here in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are clips. You can watch clips of it on YouTube. I'll if, definitely check um, that out. That appeals. <laughs> but yeah, I think I learned that, like, uh, uh, I learned how representative this album was for that time in my life. And, like, I'm kind of understanding now why I've listened to so like it's super important to me I love it but like I do listen to less and less of it the older I get and I'm starting yeah. to realize it's like cause yeah like blame game like when you guys said that blame game thing I was like ah oh, he is projecting onto Amber Rose like all of that <laughs> stuff like that that specifically hit me really hard and I was like ah oh, this this album probably isn't as vulnerable or, I've been watching a lot of uh, Berlin Brene, oh Brene Brown Brene Brown that's, yeah. yeah oh Darren Greatly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I've been watching a lot of her lately my therapist put me on to her she's and, great yeah, she like talks her. about like shame and vulnerability and stuff like that, and it's like I'm starting to realize like yeah maybe Kanye isn't as like open and as vulnerable as I thought he was. Mm. So I think I learned that. And know. maybe you don't even need it as much anymore as you used to. Yeah, that, that's you mm. saying that made me go like yeah that sounds like when you start to like come to deal with who you really are and all yeah. that stuff like you don't need the the crutches or the the thing push. That, yeah. yeah, I can pedal on my own. Yeah. Oh, I remember one other thing that I learned is the um, now I know how to get a pussy in a sarcophagus. <laughs> oh, you know what that line means. Now, now yeah. I know what that means, and that uh, that's the honestly the that closure line. I needed yeah. in life. You got it unlocked. I get it. It's on. It's about possession. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar Montplazier is a writer, director, performer at UCB uh, LA, performing weekly. He, you can find him at Edgar. Montplazier, that's E-D-G-A-R-M-O-M-P-L-A-I-S-I-R. Mm. And then at, on Instagram at Awfulgram. Yeah. Uh, he is also on the podcast Culture Kings with Carl Tart and Jakees Neal. Uh, check it out. It's a really cool podcast. Thanks, Deborah. Thank you, Joel. And Thanks, thank you very Edgar. much, Edgar. This oh, yeah, this is really dope. This is a dope conversation. This is great. Thanks for listening to this particular album is very, very important to me. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at this particular album. The show is produced by Joel Spence, Deborah Tarika, Ryan Middledorf, and everyone at Campfire Media. Artwork by Anna Salinas. Music by Joel Spence. See you next time. This is Patrick. And this is Mark, co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're your home for all things Nintendo. On Tuesday, we're talking about the latest Nintendo news. And on Thursday, we're doing deep dives into specific corners of the Nintendo universe. Ranking the Koopa Kids. Determining who the best Smash Fighter is. That's Nintendo Cartridge Society on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.